0: Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast, where we discuss everything that you need to take your performance to the next level. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Alan from Reset Coaching. Alan has taken on seven Martins in seven days. He talks us through how he mentally prepares for such a task. He talks about the importance of getting a coach, accountability, patience, clarity, having mental toughness, controlling the controllable, and everything in between. He also talks us through his win, lose or draw mindset approach that has helped him to get to where he is today. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So Alan, thanks a million for giving up your time. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast to chat a little bit about what you've planned over the next couple of weeks. So for anybody that doesn't know that's listening, what is your challenge that you're going to be accomplishing over the next couple of weeks?
1: Um, So I'm hoping to take on seven marathons in seven days. Um, so it's all in aid of a guard affiliated charity called the Little Blue Heroes Foundation, um, which is a charity that supports families with uh, children who have long-term illnesses. So the challenge um, started. The challenge originated in 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 June. Um, I originally started uh, training for the Amsterdam Marathon in February. So I, I hooked up with a coach, and I was hoping to run a three-hour marathon. And then obviously with the pandemic hit, that kind of turned everything upside down. So um, from following the likes of Brian Keane, Shane Finn, Ross Edgley, reading about his challenge swimming around Great Britain, that kind of got me thinking about pushing my own limits and maybe uh, doing something on a larger scale. So I spoke with my coach and um, he was fully supportive and we put a plan in place and a structure in place uh, to bring us to where we are today. So I'm hoping to start it on the 8th of November um, here in Black Rock County Loud. So the challenge has also been adopted on a, on a few occasions. The original plan was to run from Kilkeen County Clare across to where I'm living here in Black Rock um, with a support crew. And then the restrictions obviously contained us within our own county. So I adopted a marathon route within County Louth. And then for the restrictions come into place, then um, (coughs) putting us into lockdown. So now I'm running an 8.5 kilometre loop five times um, over the course of the week, so um, we ho- hope to still get out seven marathons in seven days that way.
0: So, just taking back to the very start, when because w- w- when I see seven marathons in seven days, I kind of go, "Oh God!" So, how was? How do you get to the stage where you're like, "No, I can do this," and plan like so far back?
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah, very good question actually, because I, I suppose when we briefly chatted there beforehand, is that. You know, I would have struggled to finish a 5k about four years ago, uh, mm-hmm. and I would have been, when I say, limping across the line, and feel like I was about my heart was about to come through my chest. To now being in a position of, yeah, this is doable. It's possible. Um, and I suppose there's a lot of factors in that, and a lot of it is a mindset shift because I've I have do not have any experience of doing seven marathons in seven days. I've I've done two marathons. In Munich and Copenhagen, and I've ran a mountain marathon last January uh, down in Ballyhara in County Limerick. So I've only I've only ever attempted one marathon, and my legs uh, felt like lead bricks uh, for about two weeks after each one. But I suppose that's a shift in, in in myself. You know that that I have this belief within myself that it is possible. You know, considering what I've done over the last four years. And just to give people a wee bit of background, you know, for four years ago I would have been, I suppose, a, a social drinker. You know, would have been out most weekends drinking and eating takeaways, and, and not really paying much attention to my health. Um, so then I got a reality check, kind of when I went to the doctor's with with my health, I got my bloods taken, I got a reality check, and I, I was told that things have to change, and I I I need to start paying more attention to my health. Um, so I was challenged to a Joathlon by a friend of mine. Um, back in I think it was 2017 or 2016 in, in uh, Dundalk and I suppose on the premise of it I, I wasn't expected to win. Uh, my friends were very much backing uh, my other friend, um, and I wouldn't have done much cycling or I've never done an event like that before but I trained for about three or four weeks and to, to I suppose the surprise of everybody else I rocked up on the day and I was extremely determined and I won, and I won quite well. And that really just started as a catalyst, or it it activated a fire within my stomach to to kind of start, well, okay, I didn't think I could do this. Now I've done it. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. And that really then has started the snowball effect kind of over the last four years of, of challenging myself and challenging my capabilities.
0: Was there a point where, when you were setting out, because we all have this kind of doubt in our head, and sometimes, It overpowers us and we don't do it. Like I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that has been in your position where they wanted to do something, but then when it came to actually doing it, they're, oh, I couldn't do that. So is there any way that you, or was it just over time and over practice and knowing yourself that you were like, no, I'm going ahead with this? What made you make the jump instead of just talking about it?
1: Well, I suppose there's there's um, there's a lot of things within that that probably really led to to overcoming that. So I suppose to give a wee bit of context, I would have been very sporty, kind of from school. Uh, I would have been on all the soccer teams, Gaelic teams, and I would have played at a, d- a decent standard, and I would have played rugby. And so I've always was very sporty and very active and extremely competitive. And um, and I suppose then kind of through my early to mid twenties, I kind of lost my way then and became very unhealthy and put on weight and that's when things started to dip so i had a, I always had a competitive nature and a natural talent for sports but i lost my way over probably four or five years six years um so when i got the reality check about my health i suppose you know you don't really think of the, you're just you're drinking and you're eating unhealthily you're not really thinking about your health because you're in your early 20s mid-20s and those things just aren't important to, to weren't important to me at the time. But then having kind of a medical professional tell you that you've done damage to yourself, you know, here is the consequences here in black and white. That kind of really kind of just got me kind of, it's like that was that was my first initial thing to kind of get me thinking of going, okay, we need to address this. That's what really got me fired up. And I suppose I just threw myself into it. The challenge at the time couldn't have come at a better time because it just ignited that competitiveness within me. And I found something that I was good at. And I just threw myself into it, win, lose or draw. And that's something I, I kind of—it's a mental that I've taken over for the last four years. I throw myself into these things, win, lose, or draw, because I'm looking at seven marathons in seven days, and there's huge scope for it not to go go to plan because there's so many things that go wrong. But I've changed my mindset from I have to win, this has to go perfectly, to well, I'll do everything as best as I can within my control, and if it doesn't—if it doesn't work out, we go back to the drawing board, assess where it went wrong. So. I suppose over the years of doing triathlons, I've done two half Ironmans, I've done a couple of marathons, I've done a mountain marathon. You learn so much about yourself and what you're capable of. And I've had more bad days than I've had good. But sometimes people just focus on, you know, he had a good marathon or he had a good race, but more often than not, I've had probably bad races, but I've learned all the time. And by just throwing yourself in there, letting go of the expectation, and if it doesn't go to plan, that's okay. You know, because we put all this pressure on ourselves to be perfect all the time, and that's just not reality. So letting go of that um, idea of perfectionism really, really helped me throw myself into stuff like this, because otherwise you, you would consume yourself with doubt. You would consume yourself with fear. You'd never take on anything like this because I've only run one marathon in my life, and now I'm saying I believe in myself. I believe in my mindset. I believe that I've done everything as best as I can do. If I do one, if I do five, if I do seven, I've done everything I can to this point to push myself as far as I can. And so I'm letting go of the expectation of the outcome.
0: Yeah, it's not focusing on the outcome. That's a good way of approaching it. So when you say and commit that you're going to do this, how do you mentally prepare about going about running seven marathons in seven days? As in, where do you start, basically, is what I'm trying to work. Because I've never run a marathon in my life. And even me trying to think it out, I'd like, where do you start with all that?
1: Um, I suppose my, my background the last four years has been kind of like uh, triathlons and half, half Ironmans and stuff. So I'm used to following, starting off with a coach is a great place for me because yeah. that gives me the accountability. I'm not very good at, um, I'm, I work very well with accountability. So having a coach for me was absolutely uh, transformational in terms of Of setting out a goal because I hear a lot of people who are like, you know, I could never do that and I don't know how to do this. And I said, well, get yourself a coach, you know, get someone and speak to someone who knows what to do, excuse me, who can offer you advice. And, you know, as I said, I've had a coach for the Ironmans, I've had a coach for the Marathons and I've a new coach now for for this. And having a structure and having someone um, being accountable to somebody else, that works very, very well for me. Um, And I think like that, you know, people often have dreams and ideas and plans and they keep it to themselves. But I think when you throw it out there into the universe or tell someone, I think that kind of um, spores you on to take on the challenge because you're accountable now. So um, something like this, I suppose I had been training for a marathon anyway. So I had a coach from February. I had a very structured um, plan from since February. Um, and then when we got as far as June, I knew I was starting to condition very well. I was starting to get fitter, starting to get stronger. Um, and then when I heard all these, like Marcus Smith, he's run thirty marathons in thirty days. He's he's been on Brian Feeds podcast, and you know Ross Edgy swim uh, nearly seventeen, eighteen hundred kilometers around the coast of Great Britain. And you know, I suppose that really was the moment that it clicked for me because he was in his book, Um, the Art of Resilience. He speaks about you know, that he went, he was training to swim, I think a 24 hour endurance uh, swim. And he was training in a in a military base and he went up to the sergeant that was there and he asked him, you know, what are you training for? And he says, 24 hour swim. And he goes, oh, God, that's a bit boring, isn't it? You know, and <laughs> that ended up kind of got thinking about himself and goes, yeah, you know, maybe could I make it bigger? Could I make it better? And that's how he ended up coming up with the idea of swimming around Great Britain. And that just got me thinking then, well, I'm doing one marathon, you know, maybe... What could we do to make it kind of more challenging and more difficult and i suppose you you start you start you have to start with baby steps and you just don't run into something like this you know so if you're training and you want to you know do a 5k you want to run a 10k you all have to start somewhere and i started somewhere and i could barely run a 5k so you have to be patient you have to be consistent you have to be disciplined and you have to be. I think patience is the key because too often, or not we want immediate results. You know, if I want to go to the gym, I want a six pack within a month. And then when I don't see it, people give up. I want to be uh, run a five k in whatever time. And when I don't hit it within a month, it's like, oh, I give up. It's no good. You have to be patient with it, and you have to start from scratch, and you have to be dedicated to it because this is something I've been doing over four years, preparing myself mentally, preparing my body to take on stuff like this. And um, so. It all starts with the decision to make a start or to make a change. That is key. I wasn't healthy and I made a decision going, this has to change. And I just found something that lit my fire. So, you know, I would say to people, if going to the gym is your thing, you know, get into a gym and get yourself a plan. If running is your thing, you know, get into a running club, find a structure, get yourself a coach. But do what you enjoy and it doesn't become hard work.
0: Just using your example of seven Martins and seven days, if you kept that in your mind from the very start that that's what you're going to be doing, that can get very overwhelming. So, for anybody listening to this, whether it's a 5K or a Martin or whatever you're doing, it's literally what you need to do today in order to get to that place. It's not just going from zero to 100, like them small steps. And I'm sure for you, it has been very important because it is such a big task.
1: Yeah, well, there's so, it's a very, it's an excellent point because there's so many elements to it. People see the kind of the trophies or people see the the Instagram posts about you having a great race. People don't see the kind of nights out where you're running in the rain. People don't see, you know, staying up late to do food preparation. People don't see even off to the physio in, in kind of agony and pain. People don't see the stretching. People don't see the nutrition aspect of things. People don't see the, you know, meditation, getting your mindset right, recovery. You know, there's there's so many elements that goes into something like this. You know, and Stephen Dunier uh, does an excellent TED Talk and he talks about marginal gains over time produce significant results. So if you look at seven marathons in seven days and say, that's what I'm going to do, that would scare anybody off. That would scare me off. But I take it down into bite-sized chunks and I kind of say, well, I focus on one marathon at a time. I focus on 5K at a time, 10K, 15 and keep building it up. And just think of it, I'm running one marathon seven times rather than seven days because otherwise you'd become overwhelmed. And say to yourself, you know, what can I do today to get me closer to my goal? Because that's something that has been a key factor in me achieving some of the good things that I've done sporting-wise is that, you know, what can I do today that will help benefit me and um, achieve my goal? And that applies to decision-making, you know. Sometimes we come home from work after a long day, we want to crash on the couch and have a cup of tea and a few biscuits or do whatever. And if you don't have that goal, OK, and you come with the decision of, OK, Alan, you know, will I sit on the couch tonight or will I go out and do that run? Then I ask myself, well, do I get closer to my seven marathons in seven days if I sit in the couch or, um, you know what I mean? So having that kind of goal and that clear kind of um, vision of what I need to do, I go, well, obviously the run takes me closer to my goal. So that eliminates any kind of decision then to sit on my arse, you know, but, you know, at the same time, it, it, you have to listen to your body and sometimes, you know, um, take a rest when, when needs be. But it's knowing the difference of between that voice, inner voice getting inside your head and playing tricks and you saying, oh, you need to rest, you need to rest or actually understanding what your body actually needs. There's a big difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have to kind of call your yourself out in your own bullshit, whether yeah. you're sitting on the couch and like, ah, no, I, I just, you know, my legs are tired today. It, it's at that point you need to say, no, you know, be strong enough mentally to say get off the couch you're just making excuses and I think that's where a lot of people can fall down. what you were saying is that clarity piece of you knew what you're going to do. you know what's down the line you know what you're aiming towards. and when you have that clarity around what it is you want to achieve, it makes decision making easier as you rightly pointed out, it's like is this getting me closer to where I want to be? No it's a, it's a simple answer. so you know you know rightly, you're not doing enough to get to where you want to be. I think it's that lack of clarity that can sometimes kind of unravel everything that you've previously done.
1: Yeah, I know and and it's so it's so important just to, to to be extremely clear. You know, it's like, you know, picking up a bow and arrow and trying to hit a target. It's like if I can't see the target, I I'm less likely to hit it. Whereas I can clearly see the target, it gives me better op- opportunities to hit the bullseye. You know, and again that things will work differently for different people, but I just found that, that accountability, that clarity in what I'm trying to achieve, those mornings where I want to turn over and knock off my alarm, it's like, no, you know, it's like, I'm accountable here. You know, it's if I don't do this, this could affect me then completing my challenge or completing my goal. So, you know, a, a, a lot of people being specific with that. And it's so, it's transformable across so many, so many different uh, things, like your professional life, your personal life. It, you, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, if I want to save money, well, is buying this new jacket or is buying this new shoes, is that going to help me closer to my goal of saving money? It, You know, and that's the beautiful thing about sports that I found is that, you know, people see runners just like, oh, that sounds like hard work. But the skills and the qualities that you learn from that are so transferable to your personal and professional life. Like, it, 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 it literally changes you and changes how you view the world, changes your mindset. And, you know, it's very important. I... That, that people, you know, like ourselves, that work jobs and try and do a bit of training and stuff, that, that, um you know, that we do these things. So it's, uh yeah, so that's, it's very important.
0: Yeah, I think as you were saying, like mental toughness comes from like getting bigger biceps. You need to work it out. So the more you push yourself to be mentally tough in every area of life, so that's even with people pushing themselves to get up early in the morning. So that's, your way of getting your body like getting uncomfortable and going and doing it anyway and the more you do that right today as you rightly find out it affects every area of life because you just become more mentally tough not just in that area not just you don't just get mentally tough getting out of bed you become <laughs> mentally tough in general you know it's not just one area it's an aspect of it, your life
1: yeah and that's very put, putting yourself in those comfort positions of you know i've been in certain positions you know doing races and doing training and you know um, i remember in particular training for the half ironman in Mallorca uh, back in 2018 and my winter my training would have started in winter so it would have started in october november and i mean the very very harsh very wet very cold and i was doing sometimes doing three four hour simulation sessions and i was going up into the mountains with my feet wrapped in tin foil, and the rain in my face and my hands numb my feet numb and then knowing i've still another 50 60k to go uh back to the back to the gym and then throw my bike gear in the car and then put on my runners and then run for 16 kilometers you know and like stuff i suppose it's only now that i can really understand the significance of what stuff like that has done for me at the time i thought i was just being ignorant and you know, <laughs> you know, d- d- doing the training and just st- sticking with it because I'm very competitive. But now I can look at it in hindsight and say, "Wow, that really is where I started to build a strong mindset of." While well, I've coped with that, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I done it and I stuck with it. And they are uh, those are the days to stick with you, you know, because I remember when I did the the cycle part of the half Ironman in Majorca, there was a twenty kilometer hill climb. And I remember just smiling to myself, and it's like, the weather's beautiful, the scenery is beautiful, and I thought back to that time back in December, January, when I was up the mountains with my feet wrapped in tinfoil, and I was like, that's what made this special, that's what made this kind of easy for me, this is what made this enjoyable, and it's those days you don't want to do it, those are the days that count, I know people might want to hear that, but those are the days where you build that resilience and mental toughness in yourself.
0: Yeah, and it comes back to what you were saying earlier on about having the patience to build that up. Um, another, because obviously we all know COVID happened in the middle of all of this, if things aren't hard enough for you, how do you yeah. deal or how did you deal with the obstacle of, the so many obstacles of, as you said, you had it kind of planned out, that it can be how to do it in your own county, now you have to do it within your own 5K. How do you mentally deal with them obstacles?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I, I, I suppose it's been stuff that I've learned over the years. So one of the phrase I always say is always allow for variable change. You know, it's very, it's very good to have clarity around a goal, but don't nail yourself so tight that it can't be flexible to change. So I suppose within my goal, I knew there was so many elements to the seven marathons, to the seven days, so much planning, so much organization, so much that can go wrong. So I suppose I got into the habit of focusing on what I could do you know, rather than what I can't do, because, you know, I, I, I was still able to run. I was still able to exercise within five kilometers. So I was like, OK, I, c- I can't travel outside my county, but I can still do my running. So I cut out the excuses and I focused on, well, what can I do now? Because it was out of my control. Uh, There's no point wasting energy, getting angry or getting frustrated because I had no control over COVID or the government restrictions. So focusing on what you can do rather than what you can't do. And that eases a lot of pressure, just takes away a lot of stress because, you know, it's like, sorry, well, you can't you can't leave your county. OK, well, I can stay within my county. And well, what can I do within here now? So always being able to adapt again, you know, having the clarity around what your goal is, but also allowing for variable change. So anything can happen at any time. and It's very important to be able to adjust and adapt to, to what your goals are, because, you know, things are constantly changing all the time. And I think that's just a mentality that I started to get into because I would have always been quite the perfectionist. I wanted things to go right. I always wanted the perfect training session. always wanted the perfect race. And more often than not, I didn't. And I used to get very frustrated and used to get very annoyed and used to get very angry. So I suppose I just learned, it's a thing that I've learned, is to to let go of that pressure, to let go of kind of the outcome, to cut myself some slack, to give myself, um, show myself some compassion to learn from the mistakes that I made. And I suppose all of those elements over the last few years have have brought me now to be like, um, it's like I focus on what I can do, not what I can't do.
0: Yeah. And just what you said there, and it comes up in most episodes on this podcast, is that thing of knowing what triggers you, how you react to certain things, how you look at certain things. And I think it's so underrated of knowing yourself, knowing what works for you, what doesn't work for you and tailor an everton to you.
1: Yeah, and I, I I think it takes an extreme amount of hard work. It depends on the person. Like you know, everything there's no one size fits all for stuff like this.
0: Definitely.
1: Because we're we're all different. We're all made up of um you know we're all unique. We all have different interests. We're we're all we're all different. So it's very it's very important, you know, to put the work in to go, well, you know, who am I? What motivates me? What are my values? you know, what do I want to achieve, you know, and asking yourself, having some tough conversations with yourself, you know what I mean? Because I would have been a person that would have lacked a lot of confidence and self-esteem and um, until I started kind of having a good look at myself and, you know, reaching out for for help and kind of asking myself those tough questions and having the tough conversations and, you know, shedding those fears and, and really getting to know, well, who am I beneath everything? between need all the bullshit, who am I, what motivates me, you know? And now I'm so fortunate that I found stuff that motivates me and I found a passion in kind of challenging myself. You know, we could be sitting here next year talking about I'm going to play badminton, you know? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just love adapting, changing and challenging myself because I, I, I found something that I'm really good at. But that's only come about by, you know, having tough conversations with people, having tough conversations with myself, you know, really delving into who am I, what am I about, what works for me, and understanding, uh, you know, what your triggers are, um, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. When you know yourself inside out, I think you, you just become an, all ra- uh, an all-around an all better kind of a person who's, who's better set up to kind of um, take on challenges. But, you know, th- these things that I'm doing haven't come easy. They've come from years and years of, of hard graft and work on myself, you know, and, and, and um, so... It's just not a case. I just get up in the morning, I go off and run seven marathons. This has all been a combination of working myself, finding my passions, finding out what my values are, finding out my triggers, finding out my strengths, you know, knowing my weaknesses. That's how it's all evolved and come about.
0: And what's driving you to do this, Alan? Like when we talk about people setting goals, and we always talk about your why, and it has to be something that you actually feel passionate about it because if you're not willing to put in the sacrifice that it takes for something that you want, you're never gonna do it for something that you don't want. So what's driving you to do these seven marathons in seven days? Yeah,
1: good question again. That's, that,
0: um, that's a loaded question, I'll give you that one. <laughs> it's a loaded question.
1: Well, there's, 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 it's, there's multi-layers to it, Gillian, because yes. there's, there's you know, first and foremost as well, there's, you know, number one is, is for my own well being and from my own kind of journey that I'm on and from being a person that, you know, could barely run five K four or five years ago to a person that's here now, I have obviously evolved. Mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, I've done, uh, I've evolved as a person. I, I've evolved academically. I've, I've pushed and challenged myself and I'm just the type of person that loves to kind of set myself a goal and set myself a challenge. Um, you know, so it, it just doesn't come about easy. But, um, i think it's 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 for my own kind of well-being journey it's like i don't think i have i don't think i've found my limit yet and i think that that's what's driving me at this moment in time like i've done different challenges which have all been very very tough mentally and physically and every time i've hit that barrier and come through it i'm like okay well how how far can we keep pushing the ceiling how far can i keep pushing and i don't think i've I don't think for myself I've hit that kind of where I'm like, wow, that's it. I've left everything out there. I can literally do no more. So I'm kind of chasing that kind of limit of, you know, where is my limits? Um, And then obviously the the charity element of is is quite big because it's only now that I'm in a position that I feel I I, I have an ability. I can help others, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would have done all my challenges and races selfishly for myself you know, because I was on my own journey and wrapped up in my own mind and now I'm at a stage where I, I feel mentally I'm at a place that I can actually help people so I can do something I'm very passionate about, I can challenge myself, I can continue my wellbeing journey but at the same time knowing that, that you know, the families and kids of that charity, that other people benefit from something that I enjoy doing is, is it that's a very satisfying feeling, you know, because when i done races before, you know, sometimes there was a, A slight unfulfilled kind of an element to it because you're just doing it for yourself and nobody else. Whereas now that I know that my actions and my training and my effort will will be directly rewarded to to people that deserve it, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah, and it's a great charity. So getting closer to the time now, so getting closer to that date of the 8th of November, what does training look like from here on out? How do you prepare coming up to the final couple of weeks to do you change, do you ease off, or how's your training going now for the next couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose I'm in, I'm in that, what we call in the running world, the taper phase, where, mm-hmm. where things start to kind of ease off a wee bit. So now we get down to the kind of uh, fine-tuning part of the planning. Um, so again, it's not just a case of throwing on a pair of runners. There's so many elements to it. and I, I had a, coach, uh, sorry, a phone call with my coach there last week where we went through a list of stuff, and that ranges from, uh, foot powder, blister plasters, you know, spare kit, waterproof jackets, gloves, spare this, spare that, you know, massages, getting rubs, um it, you know, that it, so there's there's so many other, and the nutritional part of it as well is quite is quite um I, I'm working with a guy called Evan Lynch at the minute. Um he's a nutritionist and he set out a very detailed plan um for, for my race and I've been working with him the last two months. So being specific about what I eat when I get up, what I have Excuse me, just before I started, what I have every hour, what I have every hour and a half, and then what I have after the race, what I have what I have then that evening to recover. So everything is very, very detailed. So, it's, so I've, I gain a lot of confidence from knowing that I've prepped and planned as best as I can, because mm-hmm. there's so many elements. I have a support crew as well that's going to refuel me, spare gels. Um, carry earphones if I need them carry spare gear you know all those type of things so things ease off now in terms of the the quantity of running Um, most sessions are about 45-50 minutes now just easy running Um, next week then I have a rubdown with a physio and then two or three days kind of very very light running so my body should be starting to freshen up now and condition itself to be ready to run then on on Sunday. So there's so many elements of it, a lot of things that people wouldn't think of, you know, in terms of even recovery, um, Epsom salts, oils, um, compression boots as well to recover, Mm -hmm. uh, compression tights, refueling, naps, sleeping. You know, there's so many elements of it and I really do thrive in knowing that that, um, I've taken care of all the little minor things as well because it gives you great confidence knowing I've done everything that I can So that's when I said earlier on, win, lose, or draw, this is a triumph in in itself, you know?
0: I think that's important because, as you said, leaving no stone unturned can give you massive confidence. Like people, especially in sport, are always looking for confidence, but the confidence comes from knowing that you have the work done. And I'm sure you, even down to that finer detail, it's them finer details, when you get down to them, you're like, okay, now I'm really ready
1: yeah exactly and i suppose that's what steps that's what separates people doing well and then doing really well is is the attention to detail and you know again when you're passionate about something i suppose it comes a lot easier but again you know again to go on to people that this is something that's developed over four years yeah this is this has come from you know packing up my car writing out lists traveling down to Langford, or traveling down to the atlone to do triathlons and setting out all my gear and having everything in the car because i forgot something that's it it's it, It's game over, so you know there's there's races i've done where I forgot my helmet and forgot my shoes, you know so yeah. i've made those mistakes, and it 's very important to know is like i don't do everything perfect. I make mistakes, I forget stuff um i I miss training you know uh i don't do everything one hundred percent, but that's the key thing about it is i don't beat myself up yeah. i'm not a professional athlete i'm 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 a person who works a full time job can be quite difficult the hours are are, are quite varied so when I miss a training session or my body doesn't feel like it, like yesterday for example I had a long day at work and I felt just a wee bit stiff and sore and I, I I did feel a bit of mental fatigue and I just decided it's best for my body to rest so I didn't punish myself I didn't go into a panic state going oh everything's this isn't going exactly to plan you know I allow for the variable change I listen to my body I don't beat myself up if I have a biscuit or have a bag of chips but I try and do things as well as I can for 80-90% of the time Um, and then be kind to myself for the days where I'm just not feeling it because we're human you know we're we're not professional athletes we don't have the luxury of cooks and physios and Mm -hmm. you know napping during the day and sponsorship and having the best gear so I think showing yourself some compassion and being kind to yourself and understand that you're human that's not to say that you can't push yourself or challenge yourself but when things just don't go to plan, take a step back, take a breath and show yourself some compassion. Figure out wh- why it didn't happen for you, where it went wrong and then reload and go again the next day and don't fall into a rut.
0: Perfectly put. Um, I'm going to leave it on that, Alan. So for anybody that wants to donate to your charity or wants to follow your progress, follow the Martins, where's the best place to find you and the charity?
1: The best place, so if you go onto to Facebook, it's the Little Blue Heroes on Facebook, and there's a link in there for Alan Cullen for the 7 Marathons and 7 Days Challenge. And also, I'll be posting videos um, of my progress then on my Instagram page. That's reset underscore coaching, um, or E-S-E-T underscore coaching. And I'll be putting up daily videos and blogs and post-race, uh, pre-race and post-race kind of commentary. And I have a link in there to the I Donate as well. There's a link on my bio there as well. So you know I, I, I'm, it's just a matter of now of keeping healthy and uh, keeping well and you know people have been very generous with their support so far and I'm really excited now and, and hopefully uh, people can learn a few three things from, from what I'm doing and hopefully they can share a few tips and inspire people to to take up their own challenge you know and and, and uh, I really appreciate your time for, for, for talking to me this evening
0: no problem Al. I appreciate your time and I'm sure even from people listening to you there's so much value in that episode Uh, for anybody that's listening I will put all them links that you just talked about in the description below in the episode box and Alan best of luck with Everton coming up and I look forward to watching your progress
1: that's brilliant thank you very much Gillian. appreciate it
0: thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast if you want to find out more information about my mindset for performance program where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.